0: Welcome to 5 Start Weekly. Preseason is done, we recap the last friendlies, and we preview the first match of the 2021 season. All that more, coming up. Welcome to the show, 5 Start fam, I'm AJ and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a -A 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 cozy Decatur neighborhood pub grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu to go. Check out Thinking Man Tavern. First up, the full 2021 Atlanta United schedule has finally been released and we have 14 national games on television. That's uh, a little lower than what it is normally, but still a pretty high number, uh, especially in the league for sure. But uh, we will also, in terms of opening all three levels of the Benz, have a couple matches that we will do that. They will also be nationally televised as well. That will be the Columbus match and the LAFC match. Of course, Columbus Crew won the MLS Cup last season. So that seemingly is one of those bigger matchups that the league is going to prioritize. Uh, And then... Yeah, there's going to be a lot more intra-conference in 2021 uh, Yeah, with just a couple of uh, West trips uh, or playing West teams. And that will be Seattle and, of course, LAFC, as priorly said. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be very Eastern Conference heavy. And, yes, we will play, uh, yes, Orlando City. Few times. Uh that's I think to be expected for sure. Uh but it's also um yeah, we will be playing also Miami a couple of times and Nashville and uh of course Montreal and Cincinnati of in this as well. And so uh very, very interesting. We yeah, miss out on Austin uh and their inaugural season. That would have been I think pretty interesting to uh see the uh the five stripes play the five stripes, but uh unfortunately <laughs> We won't see that, Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely a very interesting schedule indeed. There is going to be a lot of fixture congestion in June, in July, in September. Uh, It's going to be pretty gnarly, but uh, yeah, there will be lots of Atlanta United games, hopefully, uh, pandemic willing, but got to ask, Mark, which ones are you most looking forward to?
1: Ooh, uh, I mean, because this is a good list to choose from. I, I do think it's intriguing that we play a number of teams three times. It'll be interesting to see how, like, those teams adjust to us and we adjust to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of what I'm most looking forward to, uh, in terms of the home slate, certainly that Columbus match jumps off the page, you know, playing the defending champions, uh, playing Darlings and Nagby. It would be nice to see him return to the Benz. Uh, but I think that Orlando match because we only have one Orlando match at home uh, and that's going to be on September 10th it's a Friday night so uh, you know hopefully uh, folks can make it to the game Uh, I may have to uh, put in for time off of work (laughs) Uh, definitely we'll try to make that Uh, and then just on a personal note uh, the DC match away Um, it's the end of August Uh, it's like my birthday week I guess um, and you know it's always interesting when a United night plays DC. So um, for me, I think yeah, those are the ones I'm most looking forward to. But in general, it's interesting schedule. Like you said, Eastern Conference heavy. So um, it's a little unfortunate we don't get to play uh, some intriguing opponents like Portland or you know you mentioned Austin, LA Galaxy. I have Greg Vanny running the show now. So um, be interesting to see how they do in the league. But uh, we won't get to see them, but at least not versus Atlanta. So, but yeah, overall still an interesting schedule.
0: Yeah, no, good shouts uh, for sure. Uh, Definitely for me, LAFC is uh, that big one, probably a litmus test uh, around that time. So that should be a fairly interesting one. Uh, Yeah, the Columbus one, I agree as well. But uh, for me, I think it's gonna be another one of those away days. Hopefully, at Nashville, that will be a lot of fun. If uh, mm-hmm. yes, uh, you know, all is well at that point. So yes, uh, you know, right. another one of those kind of trips to uh, one of one of more of my uh, favorite cities in the United States. I think I would uh, yeah enjoy that again. But uh, yeah, if uh, yeah, you know. In the audience, uh, if you're on YouTube, let us know which matches you're looking forward to the most, for sure. But uh, let's get to the friendlies against Birmingham Legion. That uh, They were 70-minute friendlies, 35-minute halves, but... Uh, Not the most eventful, I would say, but uh, yeah, pretty dreary day to uh, kind of or pretty much dreary weekend, I would say. And it led to a lot of puddles on the pitch, uh, a little sloshy, not the best conditions, but possibly something that we might have to be kind of looking uh, forward to possibly against Costa Rica, where I'm sure they'll make conditions as difficult as possible for us. Uh, we're probably one of those teams that uh would prefer to play the ball on the ground, and you know we 'll see what Costa Rica uh with Lenzé does but uh yes basically uh our lineups were uh very interesting indeed uh definitely more of kind of a split squad again you 'll see these up on the screen. But uh, basically, we had some old friends in J.J. Williams' uh, start and also Anderson Osiedu, our former Super Draft pick. Uh, JJ, uh, J.J. Williams uh, seemed to have a little vendetta, probably more so because he was kind of cut from the team pretty much. And, uh, you know, he probably uh, – he was getting stuck in. That was for sure. and <laughs> You know. It's... Oh, we
1: remember that, right? From MLS's back? Yeah, oh, we no. know about
0: J.J. Williams getting stuck in. Yeah, on the pitch for like a couple minutes and uh, gets a red card. So, uh, yes, uh, he's doing what he does there. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, there was a clash of heads uh, and Miles Robinson did go down at the end of the first 70-minute friendly. Uh, but he got back up. The end of the match uh, pretty much was right after that and hopefully he suffers no effects. But uh, also, there was that second 70-minute friendly, and that ended 1-0. The first one ended 0-0. But uh, yeah, not much going on there either in terms of, uh, yeah, not a ton of chances apparently. And uh, unfortunately, and maybe fortunately, uh, only a defender scored, and that was Anton Walks. Uh, with that goal being assisted by Mikey Ambrose. Kind of a, a uh, maybe he was in the way of the <laughs> the ball and just kind of deflected it in type of, uh, you know, uh, or was able to kind of steer it in in that way. And, you know, it works out. But pretty much, yeah, 1-0. Both of them, yeah, maybe not uh, really, really fantastic performances, at least from just uh, what we've heard that was... Uh, Doug Roberson of the AJC uh, tweeting that out. And so uh, it is one of those. There were some uh, seemingly good performances. Uh, Mulraney kind of uh, ran rampant again on the right side. That was good. Uh, Moreno as well on the left side. Uh, kind of pretty much showing what he's been able to do uh, all the preseason. Pretty much just uh, dribbling past dudes and taking dudes' souls. But uh Yeah. Pretty much that is preseason done and all eyes are on April 6th for that Alajuelense Champions League match. But uh, yeah, they're also in that little bit of a squad update. Uh, Mateus Hossetsu is out. Uh, he went back to Brazil and uh, it was for personal reasons, but uh, he had been injured two weeks ago. And so uh and that was like pretty much last week when that was reported. So it's been, you know, probably a little bit of time now. He probably will be on his way back, but probably will be a little bit behind in his match fitness. Uh, and also, Alex DeJohn was injured last week. He did not play, uh, take part in this, uh, in these friendlies. Uh, Josh Bauer, the super draft pick from this season, did and apparently did pretty decent. So uh, yeah, uh, DeJohn might return next week, and so yes, there will be some center-back depth, hopefully, uh, because, yes, definitely. Uh, Having Campbell and Josh Bauer start, uh, and, yeah, I mean, Campbell, obviously, great prospect, uh, but is he going to be, you know, an out-and-out starter? Not yet, probably, but hopefully, you know, he does get his bearings underneath him, but Josh Bauer, very much, yeah, uh, you know, still probably going to... Uh, Need a lot more game time and seasoning, but also interesting to note, he had played for the Birmingham Legion last season. So, uh, you know, there is a little bit of that, but uh, you have any takeaways from these, uh, these friendlies? I mean, this is just, uh, yeah, go ahead. You know, I mean, well, for the Birmingham one
1: specifically, it's hard to really have any takeaways when you couldn't actually watch it right? right. Um, so I guess the most important thing is that the squad comes out of their um, fit, you know, and again mention uh, hopefully Robinson is doing okay. Um, in terms of the preseason overall, um, from what we've been able to see, I think we've seen excuse me I think we've seen some of those uh, principles of SA starting to take place um obviously it's going to be a work in progress um i think you know we're gonna definitely gonna have to have patience um with the team and especially early on uh but you know it's it's yeah it, you always have to have that caveat about preseason anyway you know even if we were playing uh able to play other mls teams or a uh, higher higher quality opponents uh, you know at the end of the day at this point i'm just excited to see um, to see us play some real games,
0: you know, and to and to see what uh, what this team is about, right? Because yeah, definitely. Even if we were blowing out teams like you know fourteen nil or anything like that, uh, you know, it would be uh, <laughs> that's a little reference uh, if uh, people were paying attention to some <laughs> uh, international scorelines. But uh, yeah, it still wouldn't really matter. It's just one of those that um, you know preseason is preseason. You're just much getting your match fitness underneath you and getting the reps in. Uh, But yes, it really will have to ramp up very, very quickly, very, very soon. And so, uh, but speaking of international things that were happening. So, uh, yeah, there was a writer in the name of Doug McIntyre who tweeted this out after the U.S. Youth National Team U23s went down. Uh, and did not qualify for the Olympics. But uh, he said, If Atlanta United refuses to release players for Olympic qualifying, that's its right. But when the tables turn, U.S. men's national team should take every American on Atlanta's roster, including all three keepers, for the entirety of the Gold Cup. And for the context is that Miles Robinson and... Brooks Lennon and George Bello were not uh, allowed to go. Uh, were not, I guess, released to go by Carlos Bocanegra and the technical staff uh, for, I think, obvious reasons. But also, uh, you know, he mentioned it in that uh, the quarantine process with COVID as well would have been a large part of that decision-making process. In that, uh, and so. You know there's that large reason that if they even had time to return it would be uh you know still they would not have been able to train with Gabriel Hainsey uh when it's a new coach you know we have CCL coming up also other teams that are in CCL did not release their players either so it just seems very strange that we got pinpointed as the team that uh you know didn't release our players uh when, yeah, there are other teams that obviously don't do this in a uh, not mandated uh, kind of international friendly window. And so it's very much seems very petty from a lot of people. He's not the only person. But, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on all of this? Because there was a, there were a lot of thoughts all over social media.
1: Yeah, I feel like we could have a whole podcast about this whole Olympic thing, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I like okay, so first of all, most important thing, like it seems like he just bypassed the whole COVID and quarantine process thing, you know, like we are still in the middle of a pandemic at the end of the day, and um, you know, I it, that just seemed like unnecessary travel. Furthermore, and uh, I watched a clip from Hercules Gomez who kind of blasted uh, how the U.S. went about this, but to expect to borrow a point from him, like out of shape MLS players, you know to expect them to uh, have a huge impact right in, in this tournament when like you had players from Honduras and Mexico who were like in shape and in season and in form. you know like I think that uh, I think that probably played a lot uh, played a big part in the in the failure of the team. Not to mention that this team is managed by Jason Creese. Right? Like, mm-hmm. we're supposed to take it seriously, but then you hire this twice sacked former MLS manager to run the team.
0: Like, who's done like, really like, nothing in MLS and, uh, yeah. just much an assistant coach right now with Inter Miami. But yeah, go on. Like,
1: imagine, imagine Darren Niels and Bocanegra sitting down with Anstey and saying, look, you know, we know that you're building an important project, but we think Robinson and Bello would do well to, you know uh play a few weeks with jason crease like no come on now that's ridiculous i just there's so many things about this to me that that take that just didn't make sense and then the fact that he like miles robinson you know went to twitter and expressed his disappointment i understand where he's coming from right and i'm sure he would have wanted to be there for the guys and would have liked to have that opportunity but then like this Doug character quote tweets him and i was just like it's just I just I just think he's a huge dweeb for this. I really do. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, there's no other word I have for it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just such a ridiculous take. European teams do not release players for the actual Olympics. Paulo Dybala wanted to play for Argentina a few years ago, and Juventus told him hell no. And but MLS teams, right, who are gearing up for the start of a season, some of those teams gearing up for the start of Champions League are expected to release starters ahead of the season no that's nothing about that makes sense that's my take like and you know
0: yeah to to add all this as well I mean there's basically uh the fact that Miles Robinson when he was uh training with the U.S. men's national team with Greg Berhalter uh had to was forced to run wind sprints at midnight after a match and which Yeah, in 2019, he had been playing the entire season. There was no reason for him to do that, and he got injured. We were affected in the playoffs, and we did not have Miles Robinson pretty much the entire playoff run, and we nearly made the MLS Cup. So uh, still, you know, it's one of those that uh, I think that weighs heavily in our minds for sure. Uh, That, uh, yeah, we release players that we don't want them to get injured because they're not being really looked after. Uh, and then also the fact that pretty much it would be potentially three-fourths of our starting 11s defense uh, pretty much away learning from Jason Christ I mean okay uh, very ridiculous just uh, to think about that so you know there's just I think uh, a lack of I think context for a lot of people when they're thinking about this and, and yeah there's been some really ridiculous takes. Uh, From all sorts of people that are, maybe some are Atlanta United fans, uh, but maybe, you know, prioritize country over club, but uh, for me, yeah, no, it's uh, obviously as Atlanta United fans, uh, and yes, proud Americans, both of us are, it's still, I mean, let's be real, you know, like, they're being paid by the club to do their job, not have to, uh, you know, potentially uh, you know, have a whole lot of issues, a barrage of potential issues going away on international duty. It's uh yeah. Especially they... during
1: this time. Yeah.
0: So it's uh yeah, people are off their rocker, that is for sure. <laughs> but uh we'll leave it at that. I think uh if more comes about in that type of uh you know, conversation then maybe we'll touch on it in the future, but yeah, we like you said, we could probably talk about this for a good long while, uh, maybe a whole podcast, but uh, we shall move on. And uh, so <laughs> speaking of COVID, the whole Atlanta United First team received the their first COVID vaccine uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And uh, as seen in this vaccination day, TikTok by Jurgen Damm, uh definitely, yeah, you know, something on Monday that they were uh, able to do quite easily quickly uh pretty much a week before the first champions league match that uh is probably a wise point there because of course uh it was announced last week that uh adults in georgia can and are eligible for the vaccine so uh yeah i mean it's uh, also good to see the team being shown doing that too hopefully it convinces some people that are maybe on the fence Uh, All that as well. But uh, anyway, let's uh, also move on then from there to uh, a ticket update for the Alajuelense match at the Kennesaw Stadium at Fifth Third Bank. Uh, Basically, Atlanta United's Katie Griggs said on the season ticket uh, holder Town Hall that there will be 1,500 tickets that will be made available for supporters uh, for that second leg. Uh, but no details yet on how those will be distributed. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on from that as well then to the U.S. Open Cup news. And yes, uh, that it will go ahead in 2021 as planned, but they will cancel that first round. Uh, but they, the caveat here is that every MLS club will have a shot at playing But it will only be the top eight USA-based teams in points-per-game standings after the first three weeks of the regular season. And that's according to Sports Illustrated. So, very interesting there. People have to get off to a hot start. Uh, Maybe does not bode the best for us as we're still trying to get our bearings, but either way... (laughs) Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on the U.S. Open Cup kind of changing their format a little bit in this kind of uh, pandemic-stricken, uh, not so open U.S. Open Cup? <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess they're they're doing what they what they have to. You know what I mean? Like they're just making an adjustment. It's only temporary, so hopefully it's only for this season. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's. I think that the teams who are not in CCL maybe have a little bit of an advantage. Um, We'll just have to, I mean, like, three weeks is not much of a sample size, especially right at the beginning of the season. Like, yeah. you, you could have some uh, some really
0: wild results. So,
1: Yeah, if we're uh, in, like, Frank yeah.
0: DeBoer form, uh, you know, that type of thing, then, yeah, we don't make it, you know, so.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. It'll be curious to see what they do in terms of, like, ties and all that as well, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, this <laughs> is us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it it's definitely yeah, gonna be very interesting if uh the holders of the US Open Cup do not uh qualify. Hopefully we do. And so, you know, that's uh it'd be quite a thing. We make CCL through being the holders, but then we can't actually play in the next US Open Cup. Uh yes. Right. US Soccer. It feels like a compromise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But uh, anyway, so uh, let's move on to some of the transfer rumors of the week. And Alan Franco, uh, unfortunately, yes, tested positive for COVID when he arrived in the United States last week. Uh, But it was said by Matias Martinez that it did not jeopardize the operation or the, uh, the deal. But, uh, yeah, Gabriel Hainsey said also uh, to the media that Alan Franco was signed two weeks ago. Uh, That kind of was debunked a little bit uh, by the media. They were pretty much saying that it was still being finalized. But last night on Tuesday night uh, that Matias Martinez reported that Franco uh, did pass his physical And that the deal for Franco for $2.8 million plus the two bonuses of $100,000 for an MLS Cup win. And if he makes the MLS Best 11, uh, that would be on. And so, yes, Franco has been pretty much chilling at the Omni Hotel at the Battery. Uh, He's just at the gym. He's staring out of his window. And uh, he's in quarantine until he can pretty much participate uh, in uh, training with the team. But uh, it seemingly is going as planned in that sense that he's going to eventually join the team. So that is good. Any thoughts on any of this? (laughs) I love it when the manager comes out and
1: announces it. a deal's been done Um, it's kind of it's kind of like when Bielsa uh, just tells tells you the lineup like two days before the actual game
0: (laughs) Uh that will be very uh, interesting yeah if Hainsay you know goes along with that type of uh, thinking and like it's kind of that mind F if he actually like just does that for the opposing team and just like yep take it or leave it this is what you're going to get and you know enjoy (laughs) but uh right yeah Yeah. that that should be fun
1: (laughs) Yeah, all signs pointing are pointing in the right direction in terms of the Franco deal. So, um, as we said before, hopefully this is it. You know, the news that he's passed is physical. You know, given what's happened with the previous transfer, um, that's certainly I think uh, very calming for a lot of the LA United fans, myself included. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm just uh, excited to see him. Uh, It seems like it's a stretch that he would actually be able to play versus Alajouenense. But you know, hopefully he's there. Um at the maybe week two, week three of the regular season, hopefully was still in CCL at that point. Mm-hmm. So uh but yeah, I mean the you know it's it's looking good. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. So moving on, uh Chris Smith reports that uh maybe it's now later this week for Darwin Mateus, the winger from Venezuela from Zamora FC. Uh, that it might be announced. Uh, we'll see. It's been, yes, long and tough process. Uh, still probably an LA United 2 player for sure because we don't have any international spots on the first team. Uh, but, yeah, it could be finished up later this week. So we shall see. Uh, yeah, there's this other uh, ridiculous, silly season transfer rumor. That uh, LA United are apparently one of two MLS sides that are in for Roma's Javier Pastore. Uh, Javier Pastore also, of course, uh, played for PSG as well. But uh, that's alongside FC Dallas, and uh, that's according to Big D Soccer. But, uh, yeah, you know, we don't have DP spots. We don't have international slots as well. But... Uh, you know, he would probably, he's 31 years old. He's got 29 caps for the Argentina national team. Yeah, very difficult to see how this actually makes sense. I mean, he's a attacking midfielder as well. I think we've got some attacking midfielders, you know, uh, and yeah. Like, do you see how this makes any sense?
1: No, none whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing about this transfer really fits Lane United's profile of how they go about players um i'll go about the transfer market i should say right um it's kind of a blast of the past for me personally because uh back when javier pastore was up and coming and with napoli chelsea were strongly linked to him for an entire summer and uh you know they did the whole song and dance um ultimately of course he ended up going to psg uh so it's just interesting that one of my teams are linked with him again but uh yeah it's there's no reason to believe that this will ever happen
0: yeah no, it's uh, definitely a lot of unbelievability. I think in this one, uh, just some dartboard action. I think that uh, we're very yeah. used to. We're, you know, linked with some of the biggest players in the world at times now, and uh, yeah, just right. kind of how it goes. But uh, yeah, uh, let's move on to another Argentine in Santiago Sosa. Uh, he was speaking about his decision to come here, and he pretty much mentioned that Hainsey was a very important factor in his decision. Uh, and he thought that uh, to come here knowing the enormous quality that Hainsey had as a player and to see how he's doing as a coach, it made him very happy and it was an environment that he wanted to come to. So uh, definitely, you know, good to see that Hainsey has that pull, which I think is obvious. He uh, has had that pull for all of these Argentine players, I'm sure, that have come during this off season. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, Sosa in this Marsa article was mentioning also that uh, he was very much looking to all of the competitions uh, and in the CONCACAF Champions League uh, that he is definitely uh, yeah prepared and he's happy. So good to hear that Sosa is excited for this move. But uh, let's move on to the really pretty much watching options for Atlanta United that have been a thing of contention for a lot of people. It's been uh, difficult in the past year to watch our favorite club, but uh, yes, Rob Usri on Dirty South Soccer outlined uh, in a really, really good article that uh, you know, what you could do, what those options are. But... Uh, I think largely because, yeah, there are so many issues with uh, our deal uh, with pretty much like uh, pretty much MLS kind of already uh, they negotiate kind of partially these deals already. That uh, we have to wait until it pretty much expires. So uh, but uh, Bally has bought Fox Sports and so it does kind of transition slightly just in name. But other than that, uh, it's the same service, but it's getting harder and harder to watch these games, and that has been a large issue. Uh, He mentions some good things that it could be, you know, if you have cable, uh, then, you know, it might just be cheaper to actually just get that Uh, Maybe switch over to maybe the AT&T or, you know, one of the other ones to be able to watch. Uh, Probably not ideal if you're a cord cutter, though, because, uh, yeah, you probably have to have ESPN Plus and probably use maybe a VPN. He was alluding to this and maybe in the article, but uh, definitely. uh, Yeah, you kind of have to kind of go some routes that I mean, the VPN is legal, but uh, there are also some other maybe slightly less legal routes that uh, people have to go to to watch these games. Either way, uh, if you have questions about it, please let us know your questions in the comments below. We'll be happy to answer some of those. But uh, yeah, basically, MLS may, is not making it easy to uh, you know watch their clubs, that's for sure. So uh, any thoughts? uh yeah i
1: mean i'm in a, i'm a cord cutter so uh you know i've definitely having been having to consider my options like once uh, once hulu stopped being able to carry the games which was like right at the end of last season i didn't even watch the last i think couple games it was so um yeah you know i'll just have to see vpn sounds appealing um yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know it's uh it's something that mls needs to address Certainly, although you know, as you said, it's probably not going to be addressed for like another season or two. Um, you know, once uh, once the uh, once the TV deals across the country expire, and then they do the uh, at least the, the plan that they talked about anyway is doing the league-wide uh, uniform TV deal. You know, hopefully, um, it'll be easier for MLS fans across across the league to be able to watch their teams. I mean, there's there's been some crazy situations like. And to Miami's fans, for example, um, you know the way the the way it's laid out, the way the market's laid out, they're fans who are literally like physically close to the team that cannot watch the team. So, you know, stuff like that that I think Uh, we have it too.
0: Blackout issues for sure. Uh, Yeah. So jealously, there is uh, yeah Orlando City having their uh, pretty much kind of uh, service that I think it's like less than ten dollars for the fans to just be able to watch. Uh, The game on their website, apparently, is I think that's something that we need to do uh, because, yes, like we have a large fan base. And if the largest fan base in MLS isn't able to watch, well, then you have a flurry of issues, I think. So anyway, let's move on uh, to a little bit lighter stuff. Uh, Joseph Martinez has gotten a new whip in this Lambo truck. Uh, It seems like it's the new Urus truck and uh it's i think electric as well uh yeah definitely a good looking car uh yeah he has i guess moved on from the uh you know the mercedes-benz that he had but maybe uh maybe he has all of them maybe he's just uh you know flavor (laughs) of the day possibly (laughs) but you know we'll, we'll see but definitely a good looking car for sure Uh, And then also, Franco Escobar, he got some uh, massive back tattoos of some Game of Thrones characters. And, uh, yeah, these uh, with Daenerys, the dragon, uh, Jon Snow. These are just off the top of my head, and I don't even watch the show, so somehow I know this. But, (laughs) you know, that's just, I think, how big uh, these characters are in the cachet of the, you know, just... Media in general in the United States, so and probably the world, but uh, either way, yes, it's uh, yeah. These are massive. They look good. I mean, I can't imagine how long these took, as well. But right. he's got some time because he's got that <laughs> f- that foot injury. But anyway, uh, that does it for the news and gets us to our first match preview of the 2021 season, and it is against Alajuelense. And uh, it will be at uh, on April sixth, eight p.m. Eastern Time at Estadio Alejandro Merera Soto. Uh, and yes, uh, obviously we have not played them before, but they are in scintillating form uh, for the most part. They have drawn their last two matches, but that's because a lot of their players went on international duty. So you know that probably will weaken your squad a little bit. But uh, And uh, they, they did win last night. They beat uh,
1: San Carlos last night 1-0. So right. got back so, on track a little bit.
0: Right. And so, yes, there will be, uh, obviously, yeah, um, they are playing also, um, as Mark tweeted, not obviously, but uh, if you were following Mark on Twitter, uh, you would have seen that, uh, yes, Alajuelense have and will play two matches this week. And uh, <laughs> pretty much that... I mean, gets them probably a little bit even more tighter uh, in a sense, and we really haven't played, will have not played since Sunday. And so, yeah, uh, they will be probably a lot uh, tighter, and that will be unfortunate maybe, but either way, um, yeah, that makes their last five uh, with three wins and two draws, so definitely... Uh, they are a team that is rocking it this season. They are top of the league. Uh, they are definitely, yeah, a tough matchup. Boca has said that, uh, yeah, they're in good form. Uh, and Alajuelense, one of the most successful teams in Costa Rica uh, and in Central America, for sure. They've won 30, pretty much, uh, championships in their country so that's a good bit, <laughs> although, you know, they're, uh, it's probably, it's like, yeah, maybe it's not the most competitive league, but it is still, nonetheless, very, very good record, I think, title-wise. Uh, but this will be their sixth appearance in the CCL. They reached the semifinals in the 2014 and 2015 season. Uh, Really fun fact here is that uh, their star striker, 20-year-old Jurgen's Montenegro, uh, we were ironically linked with him uh, in the offseason, but that was incorrectly, as he only traveled to Atlanta to sign a new deal with his agents, Uh, but there was a little bit of speculation whether he was actually going to be maybe signed as a a backup for Jose Martinez. Uh, That ended up being, of course, Licha Lopez instead, uh, which I think... Yeah, yeah if you put a understudy of a twenty year old underneath joseph martinez uh i mean that's mm, <laughs> you know that uh it might not be the best look in terms of for joseph martinez he would be uh, I mean yes he would be motivated highly motivated in that sense, but it would be a little strange uh, right yeah you don't want to put that iron in the fire uh underneath joseph martinez like quite like that but uh right yeah and uh they're a team that isn't, in terms of the total market value, that, uh, you know, high in terms of, uh, yeah, it's like $5.86 million in terms of their actual squad value, and conversely, ours is a lot more than that, and uh, so it will be one of those things where uh, it kind of is a little David versus Goliath, but it also is, they're in mid-season form, essentially, and we are in really drab preseason form in a sense. So, you know, that will be something that we will have to contend with. Uh, But if we are able to advance, uh, this will be, of course, only the first leg, but uh, we will move on to the quarterfinals, and those are scheduled to be played as a home-and-home series as well, April 27th through 29th, and and also May uh, 4th through 6th. And so uh, if we do... Advance, we could play either Philadelphia or Saprissa. So, uh, yes, definitely let's get into some players to watch for Alajuelense. Uh, They have some strikers that are in some good double-digit scoring form. Jonathan Moya, their center forward, has 12 goals. Uh, Marcel Hernandez, another center forward, has 11 goals. And then Jürgens Montenegro, as previously stated, he has eight goals. So, yeah, I mean, they are spreading it around. They are dangerous. And uh, that will be something that we'll have to contend with for sure. Uh, of course, uh, for us, you know, Jose Martinez, uh, that's just 2021 watch for sure. Uh, and how he does, I would mm-hmm. pretty much guess that he would be starting. But we shall see. Possibly lecha Lopez might get a start. Uh, That's another guy to watch as well. Ezekiel Barco was in good form in preseason, uh, scoring some goals, scoring some free kicks as well, or a free kick. But still, yes, definitely um, guys that are, you know, I think kind of clicking. And, of course, our other DP, Marcelino Moreno, is someone that's uh, definitely... Uh, Maybe not on the score sheet-wise or assist sheet, but definitely has been uh, tearing up on that left side. A little bit different of a role this season, not the central midfielder that uh, we saw him play last season. So, uh, Mark, take it away on their uh, injury report for Alahualense. So the only
1: major injury that they have is uh, Andres Gomez, one of their center forwards. He uh, ruptured his ACL, so he will be out until about July of this year. He's already missed 26 matches uh, for Atlanta United. Uh, the only major injury that we have right now is Mateo Susetu. Uh We're not really sure what that injury is, but uh, we assume that it will keep him out of this, um, of out of both legs of, of uh, versus uh, Alejuelentes. So uh, yeah, I think both players are uh, going to be boasting uh, close to a full squad uh, for this and should be uh, should make it even more intriguing.
0: Definitely, for sure. Uh, and, of course, if Alan Franco is finally announced at some point, uh, he also probably will not be available. So, uh, right. you know, I think uh, if anyone has any questions about that, yeah, it's very, very unlikely. I put that as, like, a 0.01% that he actually is able to play. But, yeah. Uh, right let's move on to their kind of past formations and it seems like they play a 442 uh, with Hernandez and Venegas up top at least recently uh, seems like Montenegro is a guy maybe off the bench at times or you know maybe a spot starter uh, but yeah these uh, these two up top like we said definitely are dangerous uh, but yeah it seems like they keep it very you know kind of straightforward 442. Uh, You know, everyone knows their role in that kind of way. And, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be probably something pretty hard to break down, uh, especially, yeah, uh, we'll see how they will set up to play at home. Are they going to be one of those type of teams that will want to, uh, you know, play like the home team? Or will they want to, uh, you know, kind of see how we can, uh, you know, maybe gift them, through maybe errors or mistakes in our uh, build-up play. So we shall see. They will be very interesting uh, to prognosticate. But let's, speaking of guessing and predicting, let's get into our predicted starting 11 for this match. Let's get through the lines together. Uh, So, you know, take it away on uh, goalkeeper and defense, Mark.
1: Right. So goalkeeper, of course, we expect uh, Guzan to retain his usual spot. Uh, in terms of the back line I think we're in agreement that Bello, Walks and Robinson will probably get the start. Uh right back is where we differ. I have Brooks Lennon uh starting at right back. I think that uh you know he's he's shown solid form, you know, and if you've uh, if you follow us, you know, throughout the 2020 season, you know that I'm a, personally a fan of Lennon. Uh so yeah, I think that uh it'll, you know with Lennon and Bello you get Both fullbacks really getting forward, um, contributing to the attack. And I get the sense that that's what Intel wants. However, uh, you have Ronald Hernandez starting it right back.
0: Yes, I have Ronald Hernandez. I feel like uh, definitely in terms of maybe more defensively sound, I think he's of the two, kind of more of the uh, defensive guy. And so, uh, you know, I think we'll... Away from home, I think play a slightly more safer, uh, even though, yeah, I think Ronald Hernandez has the ability to play make from right back as well. So, yeah, it will be a different look. But I think, uh yeah, Lennon, although, yes, has been in really good form in preseason. So, you know, we'll see who starts there. I just I give Hernandez the nod there. But let's get into the midfield. And uh, I think, yeah, we're both going for a 4-3-3 although it's kind of more uh you know a fluidity fluidity type of thing in this four-three-three. so this midfielder all right mid- midfield does have three in it uh but mark for you who do you have
1: so uh my midfield is comprised of Sosa Ibarra and Barco and so I think Barco of course will uh kind of be a 10 I mean in the 4 it's not quite that but uh He'll definitely be the furthest forward, right? You know, definitely be trying to get on the ball, um, trying to create for the players and for himself. Um, Sosa, you know, we of course, we expect to be at the base, um, you know, protecting the back line, uh, starting attacks. And I think that Ibarra, with his profile, you know, he's... Seems to be a box-to-box type. Certainly, is going to bring energy. And this is for me where I have Ibarra in here for a, almost a, a little bit of pragmatism, uh, because you have, you know, because I have Lennon in there, uh, I expect the fullbacks to get forward. So I think uh, Ibada is going to be covering a lot of space in behind. You know, going to help with covering the ball. So uh, that's uh, that's my thinking behind this midfield three.
0: Yeah. That's a great shout. Uh, I think for me, uh, I think it's going to be Barco as well. Yeah, playing that kind of 10-roll for sure. I think kind of more of the tip of that kind of uh, possible triangle-ish where maybe staggered just slightly. But uh, Sosa, yes, as that defensive midfielder, uh, yeah, I think a lot of play has gone through him when he's been on the pitch for Atlanta United. So I suspect that will be uh, what is going to happen, and that will help us really, I think, connect our lines. But I think Heinemann will be that guy instead of Ibarra. I think he's a little bit more match fit. Uh, Ibarra did come a little later in the preseason. So I suspect uh, maybe uh, in terms of the very first match, it will not be Ibarra. And Heinemann instead uh, has been that little bit of a connector as well for us in preseason. And so uh, definitely another guy that uh, has an eye for goal. So hopefully, you know, we get some goals because that will be very, very necessary for away goals in this tournament. But uh, let's get into that forward line then. Uh, so what do you got? So up top, i uh, got
1: Moreno, Martinez and Jurgen Dam. Um, You know, we've seen Moreno play on the left a lot uh, this preseason. I'm intrigued to see um, how he adjusts to that role. Um, you know, I think... On the right side, uh, the, I think the right wing is going to be an interesting position for LA United this season because I think you have like a few candidates, but uh, you know, no out and out uh, nailed on starter as of yet. Anyway, uh, but I do think you know Jurgen Down with his pace, you know, they the fans call him Flash. Um, I think his pace on the right is going to be very useful. Um, I think towards the end of last season too, he started to show a little more confidence in terms of taking players on. Uh, so I would definitely like to see that. And of course, uh, Joseph, you know, I think, I think he gets to start for this one. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, uh, subbed by the 60th minute. So I definitely expect to see Lopez at some point, Lissandro Lopez that is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's all I have for my four line. Also interesting to see if, uh, Eric Lopez gets in this match at all because, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's shown some promise, I think. And, you know, he can definitely, uh, make a contribution, but
0: yeah yeah you know, definitely uh I agree with all that um yeah Eric Lopez definitely I think deserves a start it's just a matter of where right now uh and yeah Licha Lopez I would not be surprised as well if maybe he started and but I think I also have joseph Martinez uh and then Jurgen Dom on the right uh yeah like he's been I think it's been up and down in terms of a preseason for him Mulraney actually I think has possibly played better uh but I think it's a matter of you know uh I think out and out, who's going to be the starter? It seems more like Jurgen Dom will be, but if we go by form, maybe Mo deserves a start. Uh, He has uh, been hot in preseason, and maybe you kind of ride that hot hand and, you know, allow the players that have been, uh, I think, deserving of the spot to play. And so, uh, you know, it could go either way for me, and that's 50-50 pretty much, like, I know I'm good with either one if they start. So, uh, But let's get into what we'd like to see the team do in this game. I think uh, for me, it's definitely play with that verticality that we would know that they will be uh, doing. Be clinical in front of goal. We haven't really quite been, uh, you know, quite as much during this preseason. Uh, definitely against... Uh, uh, the Charleston Battery, uh, it was definitely a little bit of a different story, but that was, I think, a team that had been three days into their preseason. So it's, you know, I think you take that with a caveat. But, uh, yeah, you know, we'll expect them to press high, counter-press when we lose the ball, uh, and we should watch out for that ball over the top. But I think, uh, you know, with Miles Robinson back there and uh, hopefully healthy, we should be pretty covered. So, uh, yeah, we should be good. And it's just making sure that space behind those fullbacks when they do go forward uh, is covered. And uh, that will be key. But any, uh, anything that you like to see them do particularly in this game?
1: I definitely want to see that counter press. I uh, definitely expect a fair amount of pressing. I am curious to see how they're able to maintain that and really adjust as the match goes along. I imagine they're not going to have the fitness to press for 90 minutes. Um, And then, you know, I imagine that we will see some playing out of the back. I do expect Alabama State to press and force mistakes. And so uh, that composure is going to be key. So I'm really looking for, yeah, you know, uh, trying to win the ball high off the pitch, but also, generally speaking, just the composure, you know. Um, It's going to be a tough match. uh, And I think that uh, limiting the damage, I guess, or limiting mistakes, really. Uh, is going to be a key part of getting through this particular leg.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, I think uh, with a team that's in really, really good form, uh, if we go down, we need to keep our heads up. We need to not exacerbate the issue. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can do that. But that gets us to our score prediction. And, Mark, what do you have yeah, I mean, look, I alluded to this yesterday in my tweet
1: that uh, Alahualense have not lost since November. Um, and they've been a good team for the last couple years. Like, they finished first in the 2019 Apertura as well, uh, as well as last uh, last year's Apertura. So uh, I think that Alahualense kind of will lose the game. I ex- I'm hoping it's only like a 2-1 kind of score uh, you know, I think the away goal is the most important thing, and if they can limit the deficit to one goal before bringing it back home, I think that's job done. So uh, my prediction here is 2-1 to the uh, to the opponents, and um, I think we take that result.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, likewise, unfortunately, I feel like, yes, it's a 2-1 loss. Uh, but, yes, like you were saying, that away goal super important, but also I think... Uh, you know, it's a team that we should be beating in two legs, and I think, yes, ultimately, we should have the goods to be able to beat them, uh, in the Champions League, and so, yes, hopefully that is the case, but, uh, auspicious start it would be if, uh, yeah, this was the scoreline, yeah, let us know what you guys think is gonna happen in the comments below, uh, maybe you are more optimistic than we are, but... Anyway, let's uh, wrap that baby up for the match preview and let's get into the question of the day. And so the question of the day is, which player do you think will be the most surprising for this season for Atlanta United? Let us know in the comments below. Are you looking forward to uh, some players that, uh, you know, maybe are kind of in the underdog position and maybe could, uh, you know, rise up into a starting position? You know, could it be a George Campbell? Could it be uh, Franco Ibarra that's, uh, you know, maybe not the out-and-out starter? Maybe could be uh, a guy that gets into the first team and, you know, really makes a case for himself? Let us know in the comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.